everybody and welcome to Tash Talks. I am Tash and before we dive into this week's topics, I just want to quickly tell you a story about Easter and how ChatGPT helped me come up with the most epic Easter egg hunt for my kids. Now the reason I was thinking about Easter, because obviously Easter was two weeks ago and two weeks ago feels like two years to most people etc etc, it just certainly does to me, is because I was just admiring how quickly my family and I have managed to get through all the Easter eggs that were indeed left over from this Easter egg hunt. Now whenever I'm working with ChatGPT, I always start by explaining to it the task at hand. So I said to ChatGPT, we're going to be working on an Easter egg hunt for my kids. I'm going to give you a set of locations and you're going to come up with a rhyming clue for each. And then I always say, do you understand the task? And I think it's really important to ask. Personally, I think it's really important to be polite and conversational with the AI because you never know what is going on here. But I also think it's really important to check that ChatGPT understands the task because otherwise its default position is to give you a kind of summary of whatever it is that whatever input you give into it. And it tends to go off and it can go off on tangents. So I was putting in destinations around the house and garden, like the tall tree, the broken fence, and ChatGPT was coming up with the most brilliant set of rhyming clues that it would have taken me absolutely days to do and I probably would still not have been able to achieve it to that standard. We've made a video about this, Annie and I, and you can see that over on the Annie and Tash TikTok. So diving into today's topics, and they are Facebook ASC, advanced shopping campaigns. And is this the end of ad operations? Does this mean all those people, like actually my team and I, who have spent years and years becoming masters of twiddling dials and adjusting budgets and uploading, pulling out creative angles within Facebook are no longer necessary? The next topic is going to be our partner showcase and how Gorgeous can help you transform your customer service into a revenue generating powerhouse. Now, anyone who has worked with my team and I know that we are obsessed with pinpointing departments or people who are a cost who could become revenue generators, hustlers within an e-commerce brand. And Gorgeous have nailed that to a T in terms of the whole customer service department, which may be thought of as a cost. How do you turn that into a revenue generating department within an e-commerce brand? And finally, we're going to be uh, reviewing a recent interview with Harley Finkelstein. Now, he is the co-founder of Shopify, and his ultimate motto seems to be think small, dream big, which I absolutely love. I think we have lived through an almost terrible era for e-commerce brands in which unless you are going large, you might as well go home. So unless you are building a hundred million brand or going to sell your brand for however many tens of millions, then basically you're just some sort of loser who's chancing around at this. And I absolutely loved what Harley Finkelstein has to say, which is about thinking small and dreaming big and starting with a thousand key fans. I think there's a load that all e-commerce brands can learn from his motto. And that doesn't mean that you can't grow you can't be ambitious and shouldn't grow big, but it's important to have perspective on these things. Diving into our first topic, and that is Facebook's ASC, and is this the end for ad operations? I want to start by saying that ad operations is difficult. It is difficult to hire people for it. The people who do ad operations tend to be very expensive. It's difficult to retain talent in this field because there's such a high demand for ad operations against the people who have the capabilities to do it. And on top of that, you're battling an ever-changing digital landscape and new digital channels. I've 
always said that e-commerce brands are built on shifting sands. And that's not because of the nature of the brand and its products. It's because of the nature of its route to market, which changes all the time as consumers change and different apps on our phones and devices take our attention. Towards the mid to end of last year, Facebook started rolling out its AI-based automated campaign called Advanced Shopping Campaign. Its goal was to streamline campaigns and improve performance. And it also, to be honest, offers, because it means that Facebook is doing more and more of the heavy lifting, more of the ad bidding and the creative matching against against audience, it also means that brands are going to be able to reduce the cost that they spend resourcing ad operations, whether that's through in-house teams or through agencies. This is a brilliant thing. This is automation that's going to reduce workloads for ad operations and make the whole thing easier. The question is, was it going to work? Now, one of the very first brands that we are working with that got ASC was a big British heritage brand. Many of you will know they're called This Works. And we duly set up ASC in their campaign and didn't really know whether it was going to work or not. You never know really in performance marketing what's going to work. You just have to realize the things you're going to and put them through a series of methodical tests. So the ASC within a few weeks was performing better than manual ad operations. And that has been the case across pretty much all of the brands we work with. And certainly it's the case in terms of what Facebook sees as well. Their test reveals that ASC campaigns are getting a 17% improvement in cost per action. And another recent Facebook study has found that ASC campaigns have led to a 12% lower cost per purchase. And of course, you can read that and think Facebook would do that. Can you really trust their own study? Because they're running a study about themselves. Is it really likely to be right? But I can tell you, we've now tested ASC across a number of brands, those we work on directly and those whose in-house teams we train. And we can say for certain, this is powerful stuff. The results speak for themselves. Firstly, it does streamline the advertising process by dynamically targeting relative audiences and testing multiple creatives directly against each other. So there's a lot of automation in targeting and testing, which leads to greater efficiency, personalization and better results. And ASC has achieved this in every single brand we've tested it on. It's not the total end of ad operations, but advances like ASC certainly make ad operations easier. And if you're a brand running your own campaigns or you're thinking you want to move on from your agency or bring your campaigns in-house, then this is going to be an absolute game changer and lifesaver for you. Within a single campaign, you can basically hand over to Facebook full funnel targeting, which is now automated, dynamic creative testing, budget optimization, and you end up with a much simplified setup, which makes campaigns on Facebook and Instagram anyway, easier to manage and improves efficiency. And you know what? It doesn't stop at Facebook. TikTok has just released their version of AI optimized shopping campaigns. And Google, of course, is famously pushing its performance max campaigns, which essentially automate the platform. So what does this mean for ad operations? It certainly means ad operations is going to change, but it doesn't mean that brands overall need less people because they are so complicated to run. So what it does mean is that their cleverest, most maths-based people within the brands who historically would have naturally fallen into the ad operations team can now shift their brain and thinking and skills onto other areas such as website optimization, creative cut through and CRO, as well as developing innovative strategies and ideas to build the business. So our take is that AI is here to stay and we absolutely love it. Facebook has famously been a very successful platform for brands, but one that's quite difficult to operate. Personally, I have 
really become frustrated with the rising cost of the people to do ad operations against their lessening experience. So that's a market forces factor, which means that people with very low levels of experience because they are in such demand can charge very high salaries. And that really puts a force into brands that is unsustainable. So it's absolutely fantastic to see AI come in and take over some of this work. So an absolute fan of ASC. It is here to stay and we love it. But that doesn't mean you don't need those clever people who've been running your performance marketing. It just means you can redirect their attention elsewhere. So our next topic is our partner showcase, and that is how you can transform customer service into a revenue generating powerhouse with Gorgeous. So in today's challenging economic climate, which we hear about all the time, it it literally is crucial for brands to turn every cost department into a revenue generator. And all the brands who've worked with us through one of our playbooks, through which we train their in-house e-commerce marketing teams, and indeed their in-house operational teams will be totally familiar with us pinpointing various people and departments and saying, hang on a second, this person who is pure cost at the moment, or this department that's pure cost at the moment, can generate revenue, even if that is just a contribution. Customer service is often seen as a cost center, but with a tech platform like Gorgeous can in fact be a powerful revenue generating department for e-commerce brands. And in fact, great customer service using Gorgeous is one of the shortest paths to reliable growth and trackable growth. As consumers, we have become so spoiled and I see it from both sides. Like I know what it takes to resource brands. And I think from a brand point of view, it is entirely unreasonable that you should have to respond to a customer's question about where their package is within an hour or whatever it is the customers are asking for. However, as a customer, if I don't get a response in a few minutes, I'm thinking, oh, I'm this is taking a long time. This is unacceptable. Like I'm about to spend some money. I want some answers. So is it any surprise then that 90% of customers consider customer service an essential factor in their purchasing decisions? Probably not. And 93% of customers are likely to make repeat purchases from companies that offer excellent customer service. And repeat customers are 300% more profitable than non-repeating customers. Firstly, because you're not paying for them because they're coming back and secondly because they're going to spend more because they're into your brand and I do think it's true like I love the duality of being an ad operations person and another being a consumer because I definitely would buy a game from brands that I know I can get information from quickly and that offer great customer service one of the issues that brands face is proving the customer services team team's ROI and therefore getting buy-in for additional agents and tools because platforms obviously cost money and everyone's trying to save cost. And this is because brands are overwhelmed with tickets. I was reading stat the other day, there's something like 47 million tickets a week or a day or something crazy. So brands are overwhelmed with tickets and all customer service support agents think about is like getting through the tickets, getting through the tickets, clearing the queue, clear the ticket queue. And generally people measure how their customer uh, service team is doing by looking at non-business metrics like response times and resolution times and number of tickets per person has answered. And this is a great approach, which certainly gets tickets cleared, but it overlooks the broader impact of customer service on sales and customer loyalty. So therefore, there is a cycle there that needs to be broken to enable customer service teams to proactively measure and improve their ROI. They want to understand the revenue they're driving so they can grasp the impact of the customer service team on the business, identify the biggest opportunities the customer service team have to improve conversion and 
use real-time data to say to the powers that be, normally the finance team, can we have more resource for this? Can we get this tool? The solution, which is one that Gorgeous obviously provides seamlessly, is to shift the customer support team's metrics and KPIs. And instead of focusing solely on response time and average handle time, which doesn't reveal much about your agent's impact on revenue, to focus the KPIs to things like customer retention rate, customer satisfaction store, and conversion rate from customer service conversations. And by adopting these measures, support team members quickly become incentivized to act to drive revenue. So there you are. That's why we like Gorgeous, because they help us in our overall goal of turning all these cost departments inside brands into revenue generating departments. Okay, so next up is Harley Finkelstone's Guide to E-Commerce Success. And do you know what? I think in my intro, I called him Harvey and his name's Harley. So if you listened earlier and I said Harvey, I meant Harley. I meant Harley. Obviously, I know he is now. Harley Finkelstein is the co-founder of Shopify. He co-founded it in 2006. Can you imagine being Harley Finkelstein? Like you basically think, I don't know what he was thinking, actually. He was probably thinking, God, WordPress is annoying and so is Magento. I'm just going to create some sort of platform where anyone can upload their photos and blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, you have Shopify. There was a recent interview with Harley in Entrepreneur Magazine in which he shared some of his best practices and strategies for growing an e-commerce store. Obviously, he outlined all the incredible opportunities there are in e-commerce, how many people are setting up businesses from home, the democratization of retail that e-commerce has given us. But he also rallied for reason when it comes to this go large or go home strategy that so many e-commerce brands seem to feel is their only route forward. According to Harley, Success in e-commerce doesn't necessarily mean having millions of subscribers, fans, and tens of millions in revenue. Instead, he advocates for a stable base of a thousand true fans who are passionate about your brand and want to support it. He advocates for building genuine relationships with customers, engaging with your community, and being authentic. And one other thing that I thought was super interesting about Harley's interview was not just that, like the principles of focus on the foundations, get a thousand fans, get your shed in order before you try and go large, but also a principle of iterating and pivoting. And actually, he cited how the most successful businesses that he sees now within Shopify, the products they sell are not the products that they started with. So they either started something else entirely or evolved over time. So Harley says, embrace failure and keep iterating until you find the right fit product-wise. Harley recommends embracing failure and keep iterating until you find the right fit product-wise. That's something we hear all the time about entrepreneurship and business, get used to failing, fail, fail fast, fail, often accept etc. Et what he probably means or what's underlying this iterate and pivot is getting to a product with the right underlying unit economics. Now, anyone who's worked with us or talked to us will know that we will go on about this the whole time. And that is if the unit economics don't line up, the brand isn't going to work. In fact, it's a bit of a chicken and egg because a venture capital fund recently said to me, doing everything successfully results in the correct unit economics, so having the right product, et cetera, et cetera. Whether or not you engineer a brand with the right unit economics or you happen across a set of products and then do the right work, so end up with the right unit economics, your brand cannot grow and scale or even be stable, stable and that profitable unless it has a strong set of underlying unit economics, which is basically the interplay between how much it costs between the cost of your product, how much it costs you to get a purchase, the cost of acquisition, how much customers spend at the point of first purchase, the AOV, and then the lifetime value, how much those customers become worth to your brand over time. So whether iterating and pivoting is about developing from your learnings or getting to the right set of 
unit economics. It is nonetheless a point that within the Shopify stable overall, the most successful businesses often start as something else entirely and evolved over time. That is what Hardy Finkelson shared in his most recent interview. So that's it for this week. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please feel, please share it with your friends. If people who work in e-commerce, please send them over to the Bolt Digital or D2C Live websites where they can sign up for our free community, our events and our networking with brands, investors and tech partners. Thanks very much. And we'll be back next week.